This is Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, episode number 192. Today, our special guest is Gracie Harkema. You will hear the amazing story of her journey from the Congo to Michigan, of her stepping into who she is, and how she's impacting lives and work cultures all across the world. You won't want to miss her story or her why. Welcome back to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. This is the only podcast that shows you how to leverage polarity intelligence, an essential competency for healthcare leaders and the missing logic in healthcare, so you can create healthy healing organizations and become a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable healthcare leader. We are your hosts, Tracy Christofferson and Michelle Troset. We've been best friends and colleagues for over 30 years. And during that time, we coached healthcare leaders across North America around how to create healthy healing organizations. Today, we coach healthcare leaders and leadership teams to live thriving, resilient, and balanced lives, combat burnout, and create the best places to give and receive care. This podcast is for the unsung hero of healthcare, the healthcare leader. We want you to know we see you and we'll be here for you each week. In this podcast, we're going to challenge healthcare's industry norms, flip limiting beliefs, and share proven strategies so you can be your best self at working at home, live and lead intentionally, and experience well-being and joy. We are glad you are here and look forward to sharing the journey with you. If you aren't totally convinced this podcast is for you, just listen to a few episodes and convince yourself. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. This is Michelle. And this is Tracy. She's laughing at me. Well, I'm just, we say the same thing every time. <laughs> it just struck me. Well, we got to get, like, we got to get some new openers here, girl. Hey, maybe you guys can Hey, sing- everybody, it's Tracy and Michelle. Welcome. <laughs> oh, habits. It is a habit. I know. I it know. is a habit. Well, I do the same thing. I'm just saying, I just noticed it. <laughs> I think it's just, you know, it's just how we are, right? It is. Well, you know, this first part is the welcome part. <laughs> I, don't know so, else, I don't know what else you want me to say. <laughs> we're just really glad you're here today. We're happy to be here, evidently. Yes, we are. We are. Yeah. We love we love podcast days. So we do. Fun. We like doing our solos and we like interviewing awesome guests. And today we had a very special guest, Gracie Harkema, who was on our show today. Yeah. What an incredible woman. Yeah. Incredible. Young, incredible woman with a great story. Yeah. So many lessons. Uh, I had so many takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, um, very remarkable. Mm-hmm. Just very remarkable. And uh, I just love her sense of grace and peace and in all of what she's experienced and all of what how she's mm-hmm. showing up in the world. And uh, it was just very easy to be with her, very easy to talk with her. And uh, she's got some profound messages uh, to share with the world. And we're happy to help her do that. Absolutely. So without further ado, I am going to introduce you to Gracie Harkema. 
Gracie is a multi-award-winning international diversity, equity, and inclusion speaker, consultant, and author. She specializes in unconscious bias and inclusive leadership training with the Fortune 500 to small businesses within various industries. Gracie is also recognized as a two-time 40 under 40 business leader of West Michigan, a three-time 200 most powerful business leaders of West Michigan, and one of the 50 most influential women in West Michigan by the Grand Rapids Business Journal. She has a bachelor's degree in communications from Grand Valley State University, and Gracie is the author of her forthcoming memoir, Rising from a Mud Hut to the Boardroom and Back Again. And we'll share with you in the show notes how you can contact Gracie and get connected with her. And uh, so here we, here we go. Here's our interview with Gracie Harkema. Off with Gracie. Hello, hello. Well, welcome Gracie Harkema to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here with you two today. Uh, we're really excited to have you here. Yeah, we are. So Gracie, I first heard you deliver a keynote address uh, titled Authentic Leadership from Within at Grand Valley State University's um, Hanstein Center, and I was just deeply moved by your story. I remember I wanted to be there in person, but I had meetings up until four o'clock when it started, but I'm like, hey, I can watch this on Zoom, and I'm so glad I did. And you have uh, written a memoir now about your journey from the Congo to Michigan, which you shared in that keynote, and um, about finding your identity uh, and your place in the world along the way, and it was so powerful. So now you are, you know, you've written a book on rising from a mud hut to the boardroom and back again. And so we know it's a whole book, so we're asking a lot. <laughs> but, but give, us, give us some nuggets and give our audience uh, just an essence of what your book is about. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. So the overall theme of rising is about how. <clears throat> how we can rise over the adversity that life throws at us, how we can rise above those challenges and those obstacles, even in the darkest hour. And so as I talk about my experiences, there are so many times where I felt like I was the only one. I felt like I was the only one of my kind for because of the identities that I've had and different life experiences that I went through and different traumas that I was experiencing. And as I was going through it all, I kept everything silenced. And of course, I thought I was the only one because I wasn't opening up myself to others. Uh, and also at the same token, I wasn't hearing about others' experiences. So what led me to write this book is not about me. It's not, yes, it's, it's, it's about my life, but the important part about it is to share my experiences uh, with others that others can relate to and for others to realize that no matter no matter what adversities and journeys that they're going through, when they feel like they're alone, that they aren't alone. Mm. That's so important. So yes. important. What a what an incredible lesson, right? I, I love how you, you know, like when you're holding it in, well, of course you don't know there's anybody else like you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes Definitely. that makes so much sense, so much sense. And we know how important it is to be authentic today, especially today, right? And everything mm -hmm. that we're experiencing, the more authentic we can be, um, you know, the better we all will be. And so what advice do you have for leaders to be more authentic? I would say most importantly, 
as a leader uh, to be more authentic is to meet your people where they're at, mm. to see them for where, where, where they are, but also understand what drives them. What are their passions? Uh, when we know how to mo- best motivate our team, um, then we can best lead our team. Mm. And then also, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that really struck me with leaders that were incredible with me is that it's okay if you don't know all the answers, you don't have to know all the answers. Um, but you have to be there and be present and show up. And when you don't know to say, I don't know, or I'm working on that, mm. um, that transparency and, and vulnerability and meeting your people where they are, are key aspects of authentic leadership. Uh, so well said, so well said. So, you know, we really admire your strength and being you and, um, and so maybe share a little bit about some of the experiences you've had and what helped you be brave and stand in your truth in the face of those experiences. Just so our, our listeners can get a better sense of who you are and what your journey has been. Yeah. I would say the thing that I'm most notably known for in terms of stating my truth is that I publicly resigned from a prominent role in diversity and inclusion in 2019. And it was a global position. I, 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 sorry, I publicly resigned and uh, my resignation from that position ended up becoming national news. Mm. And what helped me have bravery and have courage was because I realized that my actions weren't just for me. I had to be brave because I was using my voice and my platform for all the people that had been silenced, for all the people that had been marginalized, for all the people who had been shut out. And so when I realized that my action isn't, my actions aren't just for me, my actions can also empower others and give others validity mm-hmm. in a time of need, um, that's what gave me the courage to, to do it. It was terrifying. It was scary. Uh, I resigned from the position without having another job, without knowing what I was going to do. But I also knew it was the right thing to do. And we, as a society, we oftentimes get comfortable and accept a paycheck because it it affords us a life that we're accustomed to. But when the backings of that paycheck don't stand for the personal principles that you have, um, that's when I had to draw the line and say, no, this this goes against my ethics and my integrity. Therefore, I need to speak up and do something about it, even when it's uncomfortable. Mm. Um, because all we have is our reputation and our credibility. And when we can also do something for others, when we can build platforms of empowerment for others, that I believe can propel us to be brave and to be courageous, even in the darkest hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. We work with healthcare leaders a lot on just getting even going back and knowing what their values are and then making mindful choices about those values. And I think your story really exemplifies that. Like that's so important to live by your principles, to live by your values. And, and it's hard. I really hear that too. It's not, it is not easy, right? It's, it's really stepping into some unknown territory, but it's, uh, it's making that leap of faith too, that you're, you're standing by it and you're, being bold and doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. We admire you for that. Well, and just having that reconnection to the thing that matters most. 
right? And certainly, exactly. Yeah. And getting out of the comfort zone, right? Because we all can get comfortable, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's what is best for us or right for us in the long run. Or others, right? Or yeah. others. We're always role modeling. Yes, yes. One of one of my favorite quotes, um, uh, and it's not necessarily a quote, but a line that has been inspired to me by Brene Brown and um, her work is that growth doesn't come from comfort. We right. get so used to being in our comfort zone and being in our safe space, but that isn't necessarily helping us, nor is it necessarily helping others. And when we learn how to tap into that discomfort, to take a step into it, growth happens not just for us, but growth for others as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's great. We love Brene Brown. I love that quote too. It's mm-hmm. Yes, she's wonderful. And to keep mm-hmm. it in front of us. That's right. That's, That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you have been very open and vulnerable with sharing your passion about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and are now you know a renowned DEI um, expert that many people tap into, as well as advocating for LGBTQ equality. And with our listeners being primarily healthcare leaders... And there's a lot of attention on health equity and uh, DEI and healthcare as well. What would you like them to be more aware of or what would you like to share with them since they're our audience? Yeah, thank you. I would like them um, to be aware of the, the power of their voice and the power of their allyship. So much of how I've been able to progress in life is because of allies, where uh, a brief background story of me I was born amidst civil unrest in the Democratic Republic of the Congo before there was war and the war ended up turning into the Rwandan genocide. And I didn't have an opportunity of life. I didn't have uh, a future projected in front of me because of the dire situation that I was born into. And I had four different diseases and was given, I only weighed three pounds at one week old, was given 12 to 24 hours to live. But I ended up getting adopted by an American missionary family from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And they saw and tapped into their faith to know that I was supposed to be theirs. And so they took a risk. They took a risk and met me where I was at and loved me and cared for me. And then eventually when I was almost four, we moved to the U.S. for me to have the opportunity of an American education. And growing up, I lived in a very homogenous area. There weren't, there was hardly anybody in my life that looked like me. And that was really hard. I really struggled. I felt so different. I felt out of place. I felt like I didn't belong. And then on top of that, uh, I was keeping it a secret from the rest of the world that I'm gay and I identify in the LGBTQ community. And I I didn't want people to know because I didn't want there to be another thing that made me be so different when I already looked so different. And so I kept it buried inside. Um, for, For 22 years, I kept it a secret. And it wasn't until I had a job interview in 2013 with a global tech company where the director, a stranger, said, tell me of a time when you had overcome adversity. And my initial thought was, oh, this is such an easy question. This is such an easy answer. I could talk to him about, you know, the circumstances of which I was born into and being adopted and moving from the Congo to the United States. And I realized that that was a cop-out and that the real answer of overcoming adversity 
was coming out. Uh, I said, I'm overcoming adversity right now by telling you um, that I've been keeping it a secret from the rest of the world that, uh, that I identify in the LGBTQ plus community and that I had been making up stories of fake boyfriends for the previous 10 years, just so I could feel like I was fitting in, in the workplace. And his response to me changed my life. His response to me was that he was proud that I could be my authentic self with him. He was a straight white male. I'm sure at that point he had never been to a pride parade. I'm sure at that point he didn't have very many people that in his life that he was close to that were out in the LGBTQ plus community. But what he did is that he met me where I was at. He saw me for who I was. He saw my identities as my strengths and my superpower, not as my shame. And so my advice for all of you here on the call and listening in to this podcast is to know your power. You don't have to have lived the same life experiences as somebody else to be able to meet them where they are and to empower them to be who they are. One voice makes a difference. And all it takes is one person, one person saying, I see you, you are safe here. I value you. That's what that person did for me. And he changed my life. And so the power that you all have inside of you can change somebody's life just for being who you are and seeing somebody for who they are. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. And in, in healthcare, it is one patient it is one family, it is one mm-hmm. colleague, you know, it's a big community. And so I, I love, you know, meet, meet them where they're at because mm-hmm. it's such a powerful just phrase to hang on to. It's just always meet people where they're at. Well, and I, you know, it's been a foundational principle of ours mm-hmm. for a long, long time. You know, we kind of, in our journey in healthcare as young leaders, that was one of our mantras, right? You can't change anybody but yourself and always mm-hmm. meet everybody where they're at. I mean, they just are where they are. And um, and just because they're not like us or don't think like us doesn't mean they don't add value to the situation, the environment, or wherever you're at, whatever the context is of the interaction. It's It's just like a core principle to being a human being. Yeah, it's human. Humanness. Right? It's that humanness and keeping that humanity at the forefront. We're all human beings at the end of the day. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how powerful and how brave of you. And I, it, and it, you know, it sounds like it just kind of came out of you, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I certainly was not planning on sharing it. It came out like word vomit. Yeah. <laughs> But but uh, it was in, it was meant to happen, right? Yes. Like I, the essence of that, I guess, that was your moment. Really? That was meant to happen. It was the right person. It was almost like divinely yes. guide, guided, right? Like this is the right person. Yeah. Did you have that sense about him as you were in the interview? Was there any? I'm just curious to see if like if you had that sense that he was an open person, an accepting person. If there was any kind of cues to you that indicated this is a safe space or? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, There was that sense of connection Mm -hmm. and I felt like he genuinely cared. Yeah. Yeah. And so we can pick up on those things, right? Mm -hmm. When you're with Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Right. You, You can tell, you can tell who's with you and who's not right. Like just, just, 
by the way we are with each other. So I think that's so important um, for people as well, right? When you're thinking about meeting each other where they're at and it's just that, you know, having that openness and Mm -hmm. that willingness to, you know, be receptive to whatever anybody brings. Yeah. I agree. So, so important. Ah, well, You've been writing, you wrote your book, and we're also on a journey of writing our own book, Polarity Intelligence, yes. and, uh, and that's A Missing Logic in Healthcare, and so that'll be published next year for us. Um, but Congratulations. Thanks. Thank yeah, you. It's quite the journey, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yes. I know that journey so well. <laughs> so share a little bit about some of your greatest lessons, maybe, and kind of in your journey of writing your, your book. Oh my, I would say, you know, writing a book is so arduous (laughs) and it's interesting. I just looked up these um, stats yesterday of all Americans, um, 200 million Americans want to write a book at one point in their Mm -hmm. lifetime. That's a lot of people. (laughs) And of the 200 million Americans who want to write a book, only 3% do. And of that 3%, only 20% of those get a book deal and, and get published. And so it's wild. Um, the process, and, and after looking at those stats, it's like, it, it seems like it should have been a no-brainer to me, but it wasn't. It's much harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, and there's, I, there were so many times where I finished writing the book. I thought the book was done. Like, okay, great. I finished writing it. It's all set. And then the editing over and over and over and over <laughs> to reach the, you know, to finally reach that moment of, yes, this, this is perfect. This is how I want to send the book in the world. Um, for me, the lessons are that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's frustrating. Um, but to keep your eye on the prize and to not be discouraged. And, and it's funny that I say this because there were so many times where I was discouraged. Um, the process is going to take for, for all of you who are, who are interested in writing a book and for the two of you, uh, the process is probably going to take longer than what we think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and what, and what we hope and expect. Um, but find comfort in knowing that each additional edit that we didn't think was necessary is going to make the end product, the book better that each step that is additional, each step that we didn't plan on each step that's longer, another set of eyes that need to read it. It's going to make it better. Definitely. Yep. I would so agree with that. Check, check, check. Yeah. I would so agree with that. And, and you know, when you think about it, um, I mean, you're, when you write a book like that and it's going out to the world, talk about authenticity, mm-hmm. talk about putting yourself <laughs> out there, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and out there for interpretation and criticism and all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and for, you know, and we do it because we have a message to share, right? Mm-hmm. We have something that we feel is important to say or to share, and we want to impact people positively, but it really is a lesson in being authentic and really being brave to put yourself and your perspectives out there. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And yeah. your book is coming out in April of 2023. Is that correct? Yes. April 18th. All right. All right. 
Yes, I'm so excited. I actually just uh, signed the paperwork for the book to go to print yesterday. Oh, oh how exciting. Great. And we've been kind of watching you on social media. We know that you're also recording the audio version right yeah. now. So that's exciting. Yes, thank you. I'm very, very excited. I've been in the studio all week. I'll be in the studio, uh, hopefully wrapping up the audiobook next week. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm narrating it myself. I believe that there's so much, you know, there's power in our words and, uh, and sharing my experiences with others. I certainly want my listeners and my readers to hear it firsthand from mm-hmm. my voice. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. terrific. Oh, yeah. What are you most proud of when it comes to the, to the book? Oh my, honestly, I think I'm most proud of just doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Right. After, after hearing those statistics, um, just, just to do it. And, 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 and from that number that we had just Mm -hmm. talked about of those who get published, um, only 6% of those people of published authors in the, in the United States are black. And so for myself as a black, as a black woman, um, you know, it, it's, it really, it, it feels like I'm breaking a glass ceiling. And, and, and the percentage of those published authors who are black under the age of 40 is like 1%. Wow. And I'm, I'm 37. So I am <laughs> very, very proud um, to have done it. And, and the reason of why is because for so many years, I was so ashamed of my story. I kept my story a secret because I felt like my story and my journeys, my identities, my experiences made me feel so different. And so therefore, for some reason, I felt like my silence was protecting me, that my silence was protection. And that if I didn't speak about my journeys or my identities, then people wouldn't know. And therefore I I wouldn't have to feel as Mm -hmm. different. But what I learned to realize, especially over the last 10 years, was that my silence was not protection. My silence was just giving people a misconstrued perception of who I am and that my silence was inhibiting me from being authentic. And so I'm proud of overcoming that barrier and realizing the power of authenticity. And I can't be authentic without allowing people to see mm-hmm. me, the great, the good, the ugly, the the most victorious parts of my life and also the most traumatic parts of my life. And that is what I am proud of to share with the world so that other people who think that their silence is protection will realize that they can come to a place of belonging within themselves and belonging in this world by accepting all the parts of who they are, the good, the bad, the ugly, the traumatic, the victorious, Mm -hmm. because that's what gives us the power in this world. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I loved how you said um, that your identities are really your superpower and you really have leaned into that and are a great role model for that. So yeah, thank you, yeah. Gracie. Well, and thank I you. think too, the relationship with yourself, yeah. you know, um, while, while sharing who you are with everybody else is so important, but I can just hear in you, your own journey around really belonging to yourself and being proud mm-hmm. of that and, you know, really that relationship that you've built with yourself first, right? To then mm-hmm. be in relationship with others. And I just think that's such a profound journey and uh, such a special journey. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very, very thrilled, very thrilled to yeah. share that with others and 
to see the impact that it will have for others in their journey as well. Yeah, right. Right. It's amazing. I can't wait to read it. I know. Me too. Thank yeah. you. I can't wait to share oh, it with you. Yeah. We're going to get so. signed copies. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll have you back. <laughs> yes. We'll do even more deep yes, dive. We we'll have you back and That's we'll do a right. deeper dive into the book. I yeah. would love it. That'd yeah. be great. Well, Gracie, it's time for the missing questions. And we, we always okay. ask missing questions at the end of our interview because, you know, people get to know the professional side of you. Well, we've gotten to know some personal mm-hmm. things, too, with you, Gracie. <laughs> but we also like <laughs> to ask questions just so people can know even more about Gracie. So I'm going to ask you two missing questions, and then Tracy's going to wrap it up with the final question. Okay, you ready? All I'm right. Ready. Okay. So the first question is... So we see you on social media, you know, we know you live in downtown Grand Rapids and you like to go to a lot of different places. And so we were curious what your favorite spots were to hang out with your friends and family. My favorite spots, I'm going to narrow them down to three because you're right. I love going out and about. So if anyone listening, follow me on Instagram, especially to see all the photos of all the eats and drinks that I'm indulging in. <laughs> My favorite spots, um, number one, the commons. It's a seventies themed restaurant, uh, female owned. My good friend, Beth Rich owns it. It's amazing. It's fun. Great food, comfort food, fun cocktails as well. My second favorite spot, um, would be, um, Madrid, which is, uh, on top of the Amway Grand Plaza. It's a Spanish tapas themed restaurant. It's beautiful. It's amazing. So I love to go there for special occasions. I was recently just there with my parents and we had a wonderful time. And um, my third favorite spot, uh, I would say Butcher's Union. If you want a really great um, burger or a steak, uh, or if you would like to enjoy old fashions, um, it's wonderful for all the meats and all the whiskey. <laughs> but yeah, those, those are my favorite oh, spots. I love it. I love it. Yes. We're big Butcher Union fans as well. So that's great. Yeah, it incredible. is great, great places in uh, downtown Grand Rapids. Um, okay. So next to Grand Rapids, you know, being the big metropolitan city oh, that it is. <laughs> whopping metropolitan city. It's grown so much. <laughs> you have no idea. It has. Oh, yeah. It has. It it has. Uh, what is your next big city that you love to visit and why? My next big city that I love to visit is New York City. It is my favorite city in the world. Um, The reason why I love it is I love the energy. I love the diversity. I love the vibrancy. And there's something to do for everyone. Uh, The first time I went to New York City, I did not tell my mom this, but I had $14 in my pocket. And I enjoyed so much. I got to see some rehearsals at Juilliard. I got to see street performers. I had slices of pizza on the street for $1.50. Um, I did so, so much um, that was, you know, invaluable and experience for, you know, I came back home with a couple of dollars, I think, in my pocket. So yeah, New York City, definitely. I mean, yes, you can do some expensive <laughs> things there, but you can also... You can also do, you can also experience and see a lot um, for very cheap yeah, as well. That's uh, so true. Well, we, Tracy and I love New York. Yeah, yeah we do. We love New York. Uh, it's so great. It's been a long time since we've been there, but we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. it is. It's pretty, it's a very unique place. So, 
Awesome. Well, the last question is kind of related to the work that we do and that we teach healthcare leaders about polarity intelligence and how, you know, many of the challenges we face in our lives aren't problems that we can solve, but they're actually polarities, uh, interdependent pairs of values or perspectives that appear to be opposite, but are really interdependent and they need each other. And one of the things that mm-hmm. we have learned about polarities is that it's often that we have a preference pole. So while both are important and necessary, sometimes we just naturally lean one way a little bit more than the other. It's just a natural preference. Um, nothing right or wrong about it. It's just important to know it because it can have a little bit of a blind side to it. So we wanted to ask you when it comes to accepting and challenging what would be your preference poll? Ooh, I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> um, I think it's it's really both. For me, I'm accepting what is in alignment to my beliefs and my values. Um, and if something is outside of that, then I'm challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not necessarily challenging to fight it, but it's more challenging to gain more information or gain more awareness or Mm -hmm. gain more insight. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I couldn't pick one or the other. I, I believe the two go hand in hand, but they should go hand in hand. They do go hand in hand. (laughs) Right. We can't, we can't live in the siloed world where we're only going with what we know because, we're only going to gain experiencing experiences by opening ourselves up and by challenging and by seeing other perspectives, other views, other ways of doing things, other methods, yeah. other techniques, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. So it would yeah. be both. Yeah. Okay. Well, it wasn't a trick question. Both are right, but I'm not surprised. It was, I'm not surprised by your response because you do both very well. You accept people where they're at, you accept your values, and you're also challenging the status Mm -hmm. quo and challenging when your values, when something bumps up against your values. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they're both equally important. (laughs) And many times people like you who are leading these kinds of efforts, naturally, you know, it is harder uh, to see a preference in, in that. And that's perfectly fine. That's awesome. Yes. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your thoughts about that. Very, very, very important. Yeah. Wow. This was wonderful. It's just so much fun to be with you and to talk with you. And we just so appreciate your willingness to be on the show today. Ah, thank you so much for having me. It's great to get the the opportunity to spend some time with you and your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we'll look forward to having you back when the book comes out. For for sure. Yes. Thank you so much. A book is available now for pre-sale anywhere that you buy books at any of your favorite retailers. And then um, also connect with me on my website, gracieharkama.com. Again, there's no E in Gracie. So it's just G-R-A-C-I-H-A-R-K-E-M-A, gracieharkama.com. If you are in social media, follow me on Instagram. My handle is at the Gracie Harkema. If you're not an Instagram person and you're more of a Facebook person, follow me on Facebook. My business page is Gracie LLC. All right. And we'll make sure all that gets in the show show notes notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in again to another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay safe and healthy. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.